This is a Retail Insider Podcast. You're listening to The Weekly. Welcome to this week's episode of The Weekly by Retail Insider. I'm Lee Rivett, and I'm joined with the Editor-in-Chief of Retail Insider, Craig Patterson, to discuss this week's most read articles on retail-insider.com. So thanks for joining me, Craig. Hello, everyone. Now, we're currently recording on November the 8th, 2021, and the article for the podcast is The Webster that opened up this past weekend in Toronto. Now, this is their first international location, and the rest of them are in the United States. So not a lot of people, including myself, know a lot about The Webster. So, Craig, could you go through and give our listeners a little bit of background on The Webster? Yeah, yeah. So The Webster is a really interesting concept. It's a high-end, multi-brand by high end, I probably should say luxury brand uh, retailer, um, founded in Miami, Florida, in 2009, uh, by a young woman who uh, is quite prominent in the retail uh, fashion industry, who was originally um, in Paris and has uh, since uh, started in 2009 a store in Miami Beach called the Webster, and uh, uh, it's got very unique brands. Um, well, perhaps I even shouldn't even say unique because some of the brands are fairly well known in the Webster. Some are very niche, but some are uh, Chloe, for example, Loewe, uh, brands that you might find at a Saks Fifth Avenue or Neiman Marcus. But the Webster has uh, quite often a very uh, unique and sometimes one of a kind selection of items from these certain brands, which uh, means that if you shop at the Webster, you may get something that no one else is going to have. No one is going to have seen anyone else wearing something that you'll be wearing. So uh, I think this has been uh, quite an attraction for the stores that have opened uh, uh, throughout North America. Uh, there were seven in the United States in major markets. And uh, now in Canada, we have a store as well in Toronto. Well, that's one of the other questions that I had about the Webster is why did they choose to open up in Yorkville in Toronto? And for those that aren't familiar with the different neighborhoods in Toronto, Yorkville is one of Canada's most exclusive shopping districts, which is often called the Mink Mile because it's so like poshy and exclusive, right? They are in good company. They have like the Hermes flagship there. The Louis Vuitton flagship is there. Um, Holt Renfrew, Harry Rosen, even Cartier is renovating their store that's there. So... But just to the north, there is an enclosed shopping mall that's called Yorkdale, which sounds very similar to Yorkville, but it's very different. But Yorkdale is almost 2 million square feet of retail that's enclosed and has the title of the most productive shopping mall in Canada, likely because of all the luxury retailers that have also opened up there as opposed to opening up in Yorkville. So from your perspective, Craig, why would the Webster open up in Yorkville in a freestanding building versus moving into Yorkdale, which is that enclosed mall to the north? Well, that is a good question because many high-end brands have looked at Yorkdale and, and have decided specifically to open in that shopping center. It's been for the most part the mono brands, as in like the actual brands themselves opening stores. So, you know, Bottega Veneta, Celine, uh, you know, uh, Gucci, which was in Whole Renfrew, technically. Um, Yorkville really, I think, is a compelling area for uh, a retailer like the Webster because, uh, again, it's a bit more of an authentic urban outdoor environment. Uh, it's uh, a place that has lots of restaurants and beauty businesses uh, that, that Yorkdale doesn't have in the same capacity, not even close. Uh, again, this is a downtown urban neighborhood that's quite high end. Um, and I think that the Webster, you know, if you look at where the other store locations are, quite a few of them are in kind of 
trendier streetfront locations. Not all of them, certainly. There's one at South Coast Plaza, which actually <laughs> in Orange County, which is their answer to Yorkdale. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, Yorkville, I think, was chosen because a very unique building came available. It was an opportunity to build uh, a store that would really be a one of a kind. There's nothing quite like it, probably anywhere, just given it's, you know, two townhouses that have been uh, historic townhouses that are well over 100 years old that have been converted to um, one uh, three-level retail space. Uh, I think, and honestly, I'm so glad that the Webster's opened in Yorkville because I, I think that uh, Toronto's Yorkville area needs something like the Webster. Uh, Yorkdale was getting a lot of, and still is getting a lot of uh, luxury brands to the shopping center. And I think this is at the expense of Yorkville. Uh, I've been concerned for a few years now about the future of the Yorkville neighborhood, just given that uh, um, you know the dynamics are different in a shopping center you can control who's coming in if there's any vagrancy that can be eliminated quite quickly but despite some social issues around say shootings at Yorkdale but Yorkville has certainly had its issues uh, particularly during the pandemic so uh, I'm probably just blabbing a little bit there but uh, I think that you know choosing an outdoor environment versus an indoor more traditional shopping center it, it looks like the Webster chose the uh, outdoor neighborhood environment and I was just looking at our December 2020 article where we were announcing that they were coming to Canada and they were mentioning they were going to be coming and opening up in July 2021, but it just opened up last week. But you went to the grand opening. So could you give us a little bit of an idea of what it looks and feels like in the actual store, especially on grand opening day? You know, Yeah, the store, it opened a little bit late. Uh, I'm not sure why. It's just, you know, we're in a pandemic supply chain. You know, it seems like uh, uh, I'm not actually aware of many stores that have opened on time. So perhaps uh, put it that way, this is not even that unusual. In fact, it's probably normal. But um, the going into the Webster, it's, it's a neat experience. I could speak to it firsthand. I have been to the Toronto store. I actually live quite close to it. Um, you go up a set of stairs. The landscaping is quite nice. It's simple but beautiful. Uh, even though it's November, it's still not that cold in Toronto, which is great. It will be pretty soon, but it's, uh, you know, in the almost at, in the 20 degree range uh, anyways for a little while longer, which is very nice and sunny. Uh, going up the nice steps, you, um, you go to these double doors. And the reason that there are two doors is because this was two, many, built in 1884, two semi-detached townhouses uh, that were three-story homes at one time. We're talking many, many, many years ago. Uh, so you go through these double doors and there's a giant life-sized bear, uh, not just any bear, this bear is made out of pink feathers and... Uh, <laughs> and it actually is really fun to to walk in there and and there's jazzy music they'll they'll take your name when i was in there you know they had a dj they were giving out um champagne and mimosas um i didn't even i don't drink so um i you know they have water as well or something infused with water but uh <laughs> anyways it, it's it's a really neat experience you go in there's there's accessories but but it's it's, it's buzzy um in the back of the main floor there's a thing called the Whisper Room. And, and what it is, it's this box that's been added basically to the back of, of the Webster. But it's meant to evoke Miami. Um, it's a circ and it's funny enough, it's square on the outside, but inside it's round. Um, you've got clothes around the edges. There's a seating area in the front and then big palm trees around it with a um, circular skylight. So uh, it is really quite a unique store. And then um, the one thing that I think you're going to see a lot of people 
showcasing on Instagram is the staircase, which goes up all three levels. Um, it's this crazy pink environment uh, with railings, uh, terracotta floors. It's really, really interesting looking. It's almost disorienting how this staircase looks. It's really neat. It's 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 the store is quite unique. Anybody visiting or living in Toronto probably should check it out if they're interested in retail. Well, let's take a look at the design component of the Webster because a lot of the high-end luxury retailers are very regimented in the look, the feel of the inside, the out, the color scheme, everything, to the point where you can pretty much carbon date when that uh, that store came into service. Like you take a look at, I think it was even the Gucci store that is being expanded in downtown Vancouver in the Fairmont Hotel Vancouver. Just based on the color scheme and so on, you could tell that it was part of the earlier um, iterations of the actual stores versus the new ones that just opened. So when we take a look at the Webster, it seems like they are breaking the mold a little bit from that. And it seems to be very unique to not only the brand, but unique to the building, unique to the uh, Toronto like market as well. So can you take us through what that looked like and the design. Well, this store is very unique because, you know, other lux- a luxury brand probably wouldn't have chosen this location for a store. Uh, I-, I think a store like the Webster, which is a bit quirky. Uh, I mean, again, it's a very high-end retailer, but um, I think it's got a lot of leeway to be quirky, has moved into uh, a rather unconventional location and an unconventional building. Uh, this is on Scollard Street, uh, just off of Hazleton Avenue. Uh, it's not a street that has a bunch of luxury stores compared to uh, your Yorkville Avenue and even Cumberland Street, a couple one to two blocks south. But uh, um, you know the location is interesting. Now the building itself, and again, I'm saying that only the Webster and a few other retailers could get away with this. But when you're on the second floor of the Webster, I can touch the ceiling. I'm five foot ten. I can easily put my hand up and touch the ceiling. It's about seven feet tall. Typically, a retailer wants several more feet than that. Uh, seven feet. That's probably the maybe the lowest retail floor uh, in a city, at least, or in Toronto, or at least in Yorkville, in terms of of a store. You know, the the low ceiling heights. But I don't know in this case if it matters because it's such a unique environment um, that. You know, but at the same time, uh, you know, Gucci or, or or Fendi or Balenciaga would not want that space probably because the ceilings would be looked at as being too low. Uh, they would not be able to customize the facade with their brand the way that they would want to. Now, granted, the Webster is pink. The exterior of the building is pink. They were able to paint it, even though this is a historical building. But, uh, uh, you know, Gucci, uh, again, as an example, is going to want their big kind of white marble facade. This is what they're doing with their stores currently. Or Dior is going to have their own kind of facade, you know, with with how their stores look. Uh, and and I don't think they would do that with the space of the Webster, just given the way it is. So, so I'm glad that the Webster actually scored this building, because I think it would have been a tough one uh to lease out to to other types of brands so uh and and i think it works for the webster i i really do um the store has been open for a bit over a week so we're not doing this podcast you know the day after it opened and and part of that is because sometimes i like to reflect on things and and experience them just a little bit so that i can hopefully have some degree of intelligence when talking about them and one thing i've noticed about well i've noticed many things about the webster um traffic patterns are changing i'm noticing some very well-dressed women walking Walking in that direction, uh, a friend, uh, a friend, and I were standing out there, just sort of looking at the neighborhood even yesterday. Um, and I noticed these very elegant, they looked very wealthy. These women were all walking and chatting, you know, hung a right and walked to the Webster. And I thought, wow, this is great because these women are in the neighborhood. They're 
coming here to shop in the store, they're going to be spending money in Yorkville and they're not going to be spending money at Yorkdale because the, the high-end suburban shopping center. And the reason I say, not that I don't like Yorkdale, I really do like Yorkdale, but I think there's going to be basically a war between the Yorkville neighborhood and Yorkdale for affluent customers and for the big luxury brands because Yorkdale has been scoring a lot there are quite a few luxury brands up at the Yorkdale Shopping Center, again, in the suburbs, which are not downtown in the Yorkville area, or at least not yet. And I really do see this as being uh, probably the biggest competition between two high-end shopping nodes in Canada, at least until the Oak Ridge Shopping Center is built in Vancouver. And then you're going to see this dynamic happen in Vancouver. You're going to see downtown Alberni Street competing with Oak Ridge uh, for brands. And then in Montreal, when the Royal Mount Shopping Center is built, it's going to be the same thing. I mean, it's a different environment. Montreal is not as strong for luxury retail as Toronto or Vancouver, but you're going to see the same thing in Montreal where Royal Mount is going to be competing with downtown. Well, let's just bring this back to the Webster and their strategy, because I know that there's quite a few things that were on your wagon, but even for me, like the iconic pink, but also the services that they will be providing, as well as some of the exclusive curation and, and items that won't be available elsewhere. So what is going good or what do you think is going to be successful for the Webster with their strategy? Now, the strategy, from what I understand, is um, a, it's you know the Webster again is a unique retailer. So it carries some brands that you can get in other stores in Toronto, like Chloe and Loewe and Balmain, uh, and even Paco Rabanne, which I believe is at the room at Hudson's Bay. But um, the Webster's selection includes pieces that you will not find anywhere else in the city. In some cases, the Webster has actually commissioned specific and unique items that you cannot buy anywhere else. Um, and I saw a pair of shoes in there that were in the Webster pink. So they were actually created in the pink color that the Webster is known for. I think they actually have their own um, intellectual property uh, rights around the color pink that they use for the Webster, uh, which again is part of the the ethos and marketing. So um, now the retailer utilizes heavily uh, stylists and personal shoppers, whatever the term is that we'd use there. There's there's certain terms that are specific, but basically they're uh, utilizing uh, one-on-one uh, shoppers to meet with these these top clients and are able to show this person probably mostly female i mean that's that's who i'm sure their core client is going to be they have menswear but really you know women are going to be overwhelmingly wealthy women will be shopping at the webster and the personal stylists and the webster is hiring more of these are able to work one-on-one with these customers um to pick unique items and the person may not even have to come into the store so you know i should be I think people should come into the store and at least have a look at it because it's pretty cool and fun and it's nice. And the people that work there are really nice. But, um, you know, some shoppers, especially if they're busy, very high end, perhaps uh, may come in once or not even at all. They, they may work with the stylist from the Webster and, and may have the items brought to their home. Oh, perfect. Well, and again, thank you for going through and explaining a little bit about the Webster because, again, I hadn't heard about it before they came to Canada and you were able to go see the opening. So, again, thanks for going through with us for the popular content and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Take care and bye for now. 